Today on This Week Health. What we really need to have is a way we can look at a product, look at that vulnerability and how that affects that product and be able to communicate what we're going to do if we do need to upgrade, update, or patch, or if there's other compensating controls they need to do in the meantime, a lot of times there's some additional information that you'd love to communicate to those healthcare delivery organizations. It's a difficult challenge to be able to address all the deployments of your products. Welcome to This Week Health Community. This is Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels designed to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Hillrom, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sirius Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Hello, everyone. My name is Samuel Hill, the Director of Product Marketing at Medigate. I'm joined today by Justin Heil. He's the Director of Enterprise Risk Management with Baxter. Justin, it's great to have you here today. We're going to be talking about one of the unique challenges within a hospital's organization. There are thousands of devices, and they all cost thousands of dollars, but they have software and structures inside of these devices that we have to maintain great security posture for. And it's a challenge. I've, I've seen statistics, we've done some research on this, that it takes on average about two hours to confirm a device vulnerability inside of your hospital's environment. And talking about that with other peers, they're like, yeah, that's actually really fast. That's really quick to be able to confirm that. So one of the things that I wanted to talk with Justin about today is this idea of collaborating with hospitals, the medical device manufacturing companies, and data platforms like Medigate to start closing the loop on reporting of these vulnerabilities, confirming them, and ultimately getting to the point where we take the appropriate action based off of those devices. Justin, thank you for being here. It's, it's wonderful to have you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, looking forward to the conversation. And something we all know is one of the big challenges is uh, this kind of open loop way of looking at vulnerabilities and working with between manufacturers and hospitals and addressing these challenges. Every device out there, it's got software, it's got hardware, it's got all sorts of different pieces in it. And it is one of the biggest components of a threat vector, a threat surface area, if you will, in a hospital. And so how are you guys at Baxter approaching this idea of um, vulnerabilities in the devices? Because I mean, every single hospital customer has got probably thousands of Baxter devices floating around somewhere doing something. You guys have a very wide portfolio. How do you guys go about confirming vulnerabilities and working with your customers to make sure that they have the right level of information. What, what's kind of the current state today? Yeah, well, the current state is we definitely work with CISA, ICS CERT, HISAC, and when we see new vulnerabilities, we run it through our um, quality management system if, you know, they, they affect a device to a certain level. So we definitely have to have our product security teams look at those. Are we running those libraries? Are what, what things do our devices have? How are they built and how are they deployed? And then after we do our assessments and analysis, we have to do outreach and other, then we have to update our product security bulletins. And that's kind of the traditional way of doing things. You notify 
certain healthcare delivery organizations based on criticality and other ones they'll look and, and get pointed to a product security bulletin and that's what a lot of medical device manufacturers do and there's no a lot of times there's no real traceability that's why it takes so much time right there might be a, a vulnerability bolt something that comes out that, that people are aware of and so first up is, is being aware that there is something that might affect the devices that are in your environment it requires a lot of data about the devices that you have the application versions, the software versions, all the different pieces that go into that device. So you got to know if you are you know, potentially affected by something that's published or something that could compromise a device. And then the hospital has to then take that information and they have to call Baxter, go to the website or try and get in touch with some folks there to, to get their guidance on, hey, is this thing real? Is this really a problem? Or, or are there existing compensating controls that are already in place that make this not that big of a deal? Or, or what's the real story? They're looking at those product security bulletins. They're looking at websites. They're reading emails. And it's this collaboration back and forth that can take, well, again, on average, about two hours per vulnerability, which, again, we think is maybe a little fast. So how, how can we make that better, Justin? What are we working on to make that better for hospitals? Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned some things about communication. Is the product with the defense in depth, the way it's architected, yeah. if that vulnerability were exploited, would that create patient harm, safety, performance issue, or would that end up being a pivot point? Also based on compensating controls, how the device is deployed. Is it behind a VLAN, segmented, has its own SSID? certain other areas that could protect the device based on compensating controls and communicating that is, is very difficult because if you're if we're dealing with 100 different healthcare delivery organizations and what what have they seen what do they know do they actually have those compensating controls in place or not you're right that's one of the big challenges and what we really need to have is a way we can look at a product look at that vulnerability and how that affects that product and be able to communicate what we're going to do if we do need to upgrade update or patch or if there's other compensating controls they need to do in the meantime or if it is a low risk inherently but then a lot of times there's some additional information that you love to communicate to those healthcare delivery organizations. It's a difficult challenge to be able to address all the deployments of your products. And at the end of the day, like the goal is we want to help separate signal from noise. Like what's really real, what's actually something that needs to be acted on versus, I mean, there's a lot of noise out there. There's, there's all sorts of, our world is just inundated with noise. And getting to the point where we actually understand this is something we have to take action on. And, and ultimately, the goal is to get there as quickly as possible. And so that's where the collaboration and this closed loop reporting idea of our, our hospitals, first, they need to know a lot about the devices they have in their environment. They need to know down to really fine granular details so that they can ask the right questions of their MDM partners and then the NBM partners, like you guys at Baxter, you guys can close that loop of saying, we are actively pushing and, and actively recommending either a strategy or a patch or whatever the next step is so that we can take it properly and we can take it quickly to get to a, a secure state or maintain and remain at a secure state with all of these devices. So Justin, talk to me about how, how are you seeing this feedback loop get closed with some of the customers that you're working with? Yeah, so I, I see one of the big areas is some of the, you know, solutions like Medigate, doing the DPAC analysis and giving hospitals information. 
saying, hey, there's products on our that are deployed that have these vulnerabilities. Well, um, they it doesn't really understand the architecture of the device and um, sometimes how they're deployed. So if we have if we're able to communicate to reduce those false positives, that will help the hospitals react faster and target the high-risk devices that they need to address right away. And then also plan for the other devices that are on their network. So I, that's really the big, the big thing is getting through the false positives, but then closing that communication loop. Because if you can have a vendor come in and validate, here's, here's a, a first assessment. Here's a CVSS score. And if we can go in and look at that and know our product and be able to communicate what the adjusted score would be, or if it's already adjusted via compensating control, that will help the hospitals. And like I said, if we can do that for one and be able to communicate to multiple healthcare delivery organizations, it's in our best interest and their best interest to address it that way. I know like a lot of this collaboration is, it's kind of been, it's being driven by the CISOs that we all work with, like those that are, are leading their organizations. And we were joking earlier today, Justin, about, Hey, our job is to make the CISOs life easier, whatever that, whatever we have to do to make that, that happen. Cause ultimately they have one of the harder, maybe one of the more thankless jobs in technology. It's got a lot of risk, a lot of things that could go wrong and anything we can do to make their life. And they've been asking, saying, Medigate, you guys have all of this data about our devices. And using that data and using the power that is within that, the accuracy that's within that, to help us confirm quickly anything that might be a threat to us. We, we know our threats. We kind of know where we're vulnerable. And if we see something that needs to be changed or fixed, we want to be able to know what to do rapidly. And that's why I think one of the best benefits of kind of closing that loop. And I think that's also... Something that medical device manufacturers, you guys actually are very concerned about security. It's in your best interest to have secure devices that are out there treating patients and keeping patients safe and delivering real value to hospitals. And it's in all of our best interests that we're creating the most useful and secure and continuous environment for patient care to happen. And that's why this collaboration, I think, is so valuable where we have an HDL that's generating a lot of data through their devices, and we have a platform like Medigate that's collaborating with the data, collecting it, and analyzing it, and then helping to provide some of that data in a, in a way to our MDM partners so that it can begin closing the loop for all of the reporting and the vulnerabilities and the management of them, all of these pieces that come together. It really becomes a powerful tool in a CISO's toolkit so they can get to work on making their environment as secure as possible. Yeah, I mean, you almost think of it as a potential marketplace for medical device manufacturers to be able to disclose and communicate. And I understand from the CISO's point of view, with the hospital, with respect to cybersecurity, they may have a thousand manufacturers that are making devices for whatever they have on their network. And if they have to individually reach out to all those groups when a new vulnerability or groups of vulnerabilities come out, that's very time consuming. And th this is, could be a potential kind of lifesaver for everyone. And then the other thing that we discussed earlier is the communication. Making sure the, the right 
messages go to the right stakeholders that can create action plans based on these too. So that's another area that is is uh, missing in, in in certain communication programs. Yeah, I know we were we were talking about it like sometimes like formal communication about like a vulnerability or what you should do about a vulnerability it, it sometimes it's sent still using uh, written paper in an envelope with a stamp on it and it arrives at someone's desk in a hospital and by that point it's been multiple days it's been probably a very long time since that vulnerability was disclosed and maybe a, a plan was put in place by a company like baxter to to, to fix it and so then that person who receives that envelope opens it up and says, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this. And that's that lack of communication because communication is both the sending of information and the receiving of information. I mean, it's, we have to be able to have both of those stops on the journey of communication working at an adequate level. And so taking information around that comes from a company like Baxter that says, hey, this is what we should do about this published vulnerability. we got a patch in the works. It's going to take us 60 to 90 days to get it updated, and then we'll let you know when it's there. But in the meantime, take this, this step or do this or try this. That information being published and delivered in a place that device security operators, those that are in the security team working with clinical devices, where they're already looking at it, you know, namely a tool like Medigate or a data collection collection and analysis platform is really going to be a powerful step to make sure that that reporting loop, that information loop is closed very quickly. Yeah. And the other thing is we're all busy. We're addressing a lot of things. And if something that makes things more efficient and more actionable for both sides of the fence, that we can all be more efficient and then truly meet the expectations of the industry and the ecosystem. And it's great to be part of this pilot because this is something we, we, we've talked about for a long time. And what's good, better, and best. And, and this is where I see that this is a, could be one of those best practices. Speaking of best practices, Justin, you've been working in this space for a long time and you've got a lot of different background experiences that kind of lend some credence to this. What advice would you give a CISO in their organization in healthcare as they're looking at their clinical devices what advice would you give them? Just, it can be very generic. It can also be very specific. However you want to take this question is fine. But advice for helping to make sure that their clinical devices are as secure and reliable as possible. One of the big areas is assets. Understanding where your assets are and understanding what the builds of those assets are that you've deployed and managing those and constantly checking and scanning and making sure what your software build materials have how it's developed and keeping that front and center. Otherwise things fall through the crack. You know, what, what you have out there, new vulnerability, are you scrambling to assess what products may be impacted or may not be impacted? That's, that's one of the first big steps is making sure you have a handle and control over that and you're consistently have surveillance over those products. And then how would you encourage them or coach them, if you would, on working with their medical device manufacturing partners, folks like Baxter? Again, you guys have a very large portfolio that makes a lot of devices that support so many hospitals all over the world. How would you coach? What advice would you give them as far as working with their MDM um, ecosystem? Okay. Are you talking for more from the um, healthcare delivery organizations? Yeah. For a, if you're a CISO, 
you're, you're talking to someone that's a CISO at a healthcare, a hospital organization, and they know they need to work with their MDM partners. Obviously they got a million other things that they're trying to take yeah. care of and, and get on the job and all those things. But if you were to give them some advice about working with their MDM partners, what kind of advice would you give them? I mean, you guys, we're all on the same, we kind of have the yeah. same goal. Like we want to make devices that are secure and deliver great patient care. And the CISO, they want devices that obviously continue to deliver great patient care and remain secure. So really a lot of the aims are the same. How would you encourage them to reach out or work with some of their MDM partners? Yeah. And so that's one of the big challenges is if you look at pre-procurement, that's one of the big challenges we're running into. All the questionnaires that, that are being done, a lot of them have a hard IT spin on them, but when you're mm -hmm. really dealing with a medical device, there, there's different things that are, you, you have to deal with. But one of the big things that I see that is sometimes missing is we run through the procurement process, we, the devices are placed, are, are procured, it goes through a security review, and then sometimes it's a handoff to the clinical IT team that now they're responsible for deploying that. I would recommend that there's still oversight on how those products are configured, how the active directories are configured, because sometimes those groups get a little liberal on how they're integrated or deployed that could create risk because it's just easier for them to work with that product. So I, I think that's one of the things that, yeah, there's very, the, the due diligence that is done on pre-procurement is, 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 pretty solid nowadays, but just making sure as, as it's deployed, working with the manufacturer to review and validate and make sure things are, are deployed correctly and configured correctly with respect to security. I mean, that's like kind of the core of the zero trust model. So you've done all the work yeah. ahead of time before you bring it onto your network to, you know, make it as secure as possible, validate everything. But then once it's on your network, we're still not going to give it full trust unless it's earned it or validated trust. So continuing to maintain, I know a lot of organizations in healthcare actually are, are bringing biomedical and clinical engineering. They're kind of bringing some of that underneath the security organization and the IT organization in general so that they can have a better, because really they're, you know, these biomedical professionals are so good at working on these devices, making sure that they function and they're, they're wonderful, wonderful, hardworking people, but they, you're right. They don't necessarily think security first. They think patient care first, which is what we want them to. So having security give oversight or give some extra level of let's make sure we filter our devices and continue to filter them through a security framework. I think that's really great advice. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's still a challenge too. When you, when you look at the best practices for hospitals and how to deploy products and micro segment those devices, mm -hmm. and now you configure VLANs and, and kind of what we recommend. And then you see other things in, in the ecosystem where let's have less. So let's let's have less of these because that's how you need to set up the hospital architecture. It, it kind of goes against with some of the recommendations that we give on how to protect and how to protect those devices and those types of devices that are deployed. So we're still going through some changes. Yeah, certainly. And obviously, yeah, there's a lot of considerations that go into network planning, security planning, device deployment planning, all of those pieces. But I think that'd be the piece of advice. So let's, let's make sure all of those conversations do happen and we don't just bring something into the environment, slap it on the network and think that we've, we've solved the, the patient care problem or, or whatever it is. And then, you know, the final piece was 
making sure that we take the data about the devices, get really accurate there, and then filter it through and be able to collaborate on that common data set with our manufacturing partners so that we can close that loop and get really good information back about the next steps that we should take to, make, to manage vulnerabilities and, and lower our risk overall. So it's been a really great uh, conversation with you today, Justin. Great talking to you too as well. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you everybody for listening to today's town hall episode. It's been an honor to host it and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you next time. I love this show. I love hearing from people on the front lines. I love hearing from these leaders and we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. We also want to thank our show sponsors, Olive, Rubric, Trellix, Hillrom, Medigate, and F5 in partnership with Sears Healthcare for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. If you want to support the show, let someone know about our shows. They all start with This Week Health, and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Keynote, Town Hall, Newsroom, and Academy. Check them out today, and thanks for listening. That's all for now.